Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 19 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This episode is brought to you by New Revolt Promotions. New Revolt Promotions' goal is to help young artists find an audience and become established in the local community by putting them on stage and helping them connect with other artists. New Revolt's next show is February 24th at Rats Records. That's in Des Moines. There's going to be three brand new local bands there playing alongside the Astro Bastards. To find more information about this show and all the new Revolt promotion stuff, go to their Facebook page. If you know somebody that's uh, looking to get into that local music scene, uh, maybe want to play some shows, got a new band, go ahead and message New Revolt Promotions or send them an email. The email at New Revolt Promotions is kobemurray at gmail.com. I'm going to put that down in the description section for everybody to check it out. Uh, Super happy to have New Revolt Promotions uh, sponsoring a podcast. We got our very first sponsor for an episode. So a shout out to New Revolt Promotions. They do great work. Uh, Stoked to see some of their bands play. Uh, You know, I did did an interview with Kobe not too long ago. He's a great guy. I I just absolutely love having him around the scene. Uh, Anything to help out the scene, I absolutely love it. So go ahead, check out New Revolt Promotions Facebook page. Give him an email if you got a band and you want to play somewhere, you know, in the Des Moines area. He could definitely help you out. So uh, thanks again to New Revolt Promotions for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. On episode 19, I do have an awesome guest this week. It's Eric Tran. Eric Tran is the, uh, I guess, the guy for Transig. Uh, if you've never heard of Transig, it's a metal band based out of Des Moines, Iowa, and Eric does all of the instrumentals for the album. Uh, he plays select live shows around. He uh, gathered some musicians from the area, and we talk about that. Uh, the, to play live shows, he can't play everything, so he's got to get some buddies to come help him out. And, and we talk about how he wrote the album, who helps him play the music, everything about it. Uh, it this is a great episode i've been waiting to sit down with eric tran for quite a while now he's got a huge show announcement it's coming up right in the beginning of the podcast so uh you know make sure you check it out thanks again to new revolt promotions and this is episode 19 with eric tran it's the audible farm podcast with your host peter stockdale So how you doing today, man? I'm glad I'm glad I'm sitting down with you today. Uh, been, look, been looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, talking about doing this for quite a while, but we wanted to get it uh, get to this podcast that we were going to do kind of close to a uh, cool show that you have coming up. Sure, I don't sure. know if you want to lead off with that. Or, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. So uh, go for it, man. I'm going to let you do it. Uh, yeah. So my solo band Transig, mm-hmm. we we have the uh, opportunity to open up for Marty Friedman. Nice. On Friday, February 8th in Iowa City at Gabe's. Yep. So that will be a, a dream show for sure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> for those people that don't know Marty Friedman, yes. um, he's was the, I guess you could call him the lead guitarist yep. in Megadeth over their, probably their most popular years. Sure. And uh, I was I was kind of wowed with his like playing style because he mm-hmm. does a lot of like upstroke picking as opposed to downstroke picking mm-hmm. like most of us do. So I always kind of like took to what he was doing and, you know, it was always, didn't, I want to say like super wowed me, but it was always just like, this is out of the ordinary, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. He's got a very unorthodox style. Yeah. And just his phrasing is just very unique, especially oh. as a metal player. I mean, you know it's Marty when you hear him. Oh, you know? absolutely. And live, 
I, I I saw him a year ago, two years ago in Omaha. Yep. It blew me away. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, so. who, was, who was the openers on that? Do you remember? Because oh. I saw him they last, were, last year, and I think Scale the Summit was the yeah, I, opener, I, something maybe? Something like that. I, I honestly don't remember since yeah. I just went for Marty. Yeah, I totally But I, I saw the openers, but I, you know. Yeah. I don't remember. I totally <laughs> get you. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw that Scale the Summit uh tour they did with them and they usually pick up like a local opener with them oh, somewhere yeah. and yep. it was it was pretty cool man i uh i was very wowed by uh not just marty's talent but like the stage presence that he sure. has on stage i mean he brings a, a band of killers with him oh geez yeah stage presence is just through the roof uh unlike a lot of typical guitar shredders shall we say yeah he's he's got a rock and roll vibe essence to him when he comes out it's like this big, exciting, bombastic show without a bunch of flash. Yeah. In, in, like, you don't need a bunch of lights and smoke. Yeah, there's and no stuff. pyro. But his stuff. music, mm-hmm. it just speaks for itself, and it's just amazing. And he's, yeah, I can't say enough great things about Marty. Yeah, no, I mean, just, that's going to be a great show. Yeah. So uh, your band Transig's going to open yes, up for him. Yes, And uh, I actually interviewed... Uh, Ben, ben Ben Christopher. Yes. I was gonna call him Brian. I don't. I've uh, I've made that mistake nine thousand times, even to his face. And the joke is that Brian Christopher is a pro wrestler. Okay. I don't know. Remember Jerry Lawler? Yes. Okay. It's his son. It's Brian Christopher. Oh, okay. He was, a, he was a pro wrestler. Yeah. I don't know why it just stuck in my head. But but he touched a little bit on the fact that he was in Transig and yeah. uh, kind of put me in contact with you. So, yes. Yes. So thank I'll, you, Ben. Yeah. Let's let's hear a little bit about Transig. Like, how did all that start, or what exactly? Uh. What is it? Yeah, what what <laughs> let's let's let everybody know for the people that don't know cuz I've I listened to your guys' stuff on Spotify. Okay. And uh it's what instrumental, what do you got like a lower and uh like lower toned kind of metal type stuff. Something. Do you guys do down tune at all or uh, what is... Yeah, actually I, I do C C sharp standard. Oh cool. Um the transic stuff is my solo project. Nice. I played all the instruments on the record. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I, that's I right. wrote, record everything on the record. Um, there is a, a guest performance from David Ellison. Yeah, and and my friend Randy Walker. Okay, and uh, my wife actually does a little bit of like keyboard kind of stuff, padding and stuff. Yep. Uh, on one of the tunes as well. That's awesome. But uh, by and large, the the record it's a solo record. Yep. And uh, I started writing it. Two and a half, three years ago now. Yeah, and I re- finally recorded it last year. Uh-huh. I went into uh, the establishment uh, studio here in Des Moines and you know laid down, you know track after track after track. I had everything you know in my head, and one of my friends, Jesse Knight, helped me demo some of the stuff at his home studios just so I could kind of have a framework of what I'm looking at. Yeah, um, but you know, a few years ago, uh, I just wanted to do. Uh, a record that was 100% me and clear to my vision and and it took a long time. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> I can imagine like I, just from an outsider's perspective like I I'm not a huge music writer, like mm-hmm. I'm not the best at like writing music, but like I always thought it'd be cool to write my own album and it seems like such a daunting task it like cuz yeah. it's like where do you start yeah. and and like how do you start plugging things in together? Whether it's uh, riffs that will match together, sure, or sure. you know, because some people do it in the style where it's like I wrote nine thousand riffs and sure. let's start stacking some together, or like, you know, I I don't know. It just seems like such a daunting. T- and then you gotta, like you said, you played all the instruments, yeah. so you're playing the drums. Yep. You're yep. playing the bass, yep. two two guitars, two guitars or, or well, more sometimes. Some songs have a lot more. Yep. 
but yeah, thinking of all the song, all the parts, making sure they all go together, doing it by yourself, you're, you know, a lot of times you don't have a band to, to bounce it off of. Bingo. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 it's, that's what gets hairy sometimes. Yeah. You know, halfway through the, the whole process, like, why the hell am I even doing this? You yeah. Know? yeah. But, you know, I'm a musician. I've uh-huh. been a musician for a very, very long time. You know, uh, I started playing in, what, 1990? Okay. So yeah, it's dang. been a long time, and, and I've always written songs. You know, I consider myself more of a, a musician and a songwriter, and even kind of a, more of a producer than I am a lead guitar player. Yeah. I don't look at myself like that, even though some people may. Yeah. Um, but even in, in, in every band I've been in, I've always kind of had a producer-type role because I have a big-picture vision of songs. Yeah. And that's how I write. So that's kind of how I put all this together. And, uh, you know, it just kind of, all of it kind of came naturally. Uh Uh-huh. All the, all the songs, I cut a bunch. I I only wanted the best stuff that I could possibly have on it. Uh And when it was all said and done, the way it was sequenced and everything, it kind of turned out to be a concept, if you, you know, if you will, it's not really a concept, but the way the sequencing of the album flows, it sounds like one huge song, uh-huh. if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I totally get that. So it kind, it kind of takes you on like a metal, a heavy metal journey. Yeah. If that, uh, that's the kind of feel, kind of like so- soundtrack music. Yeah, you know? it's almost like Pink Floyd where you know there's like a, there's, you know there's an end to the song here, but if you like play it all the way through to the next song, yeah. it's almost like it doesn't exist. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And you know, and if you heard like one of my songs by itself, by itself without hearing the entire piece, yeah, it may not make any sense. Yeah, it feels like it's uh, it was like pulled out of left field. Yeah. Because I mean that word, I'm not want to compare it to Pink Floyd all yeah, the time, yeah, but yeah. same deal though. Yeah. It's like it's sometimes you hear one of their songs on the record and you're like, this feels really out of place, especially like after a Boston tune or yeah. something, you know? Like <laughs> so, but if if you hear it, like I said, all in context, it all works. And you know, when I was writing the songs. I didn't want to use conventional formats. Okay. Yeah. You know, first chorus, verse chorus, bridge, chorus so, yeah, out. Yeah. So when I was writing it, a lot of it was like, I don't care what kind of structure we have. Uh huh. I don't care if it's too fast, too slow, too heavy, too light, whatever. I you know, I write a hundred percent by feel. Yeah. You know. I, I don't I actually don't think about theory or any of that kind of stuff. I actually you know I I'm not even a, really a theory guy. It's kind of strange. In high school I took theory classes. Yep. College I took theory classes uh-huh. and then I threw it all away. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the way I write now, everything I do it's it's a hundred percent feel. Uh huh. That's it has to it has to make me feel something. It has to move me for me to play those notes. Yeah. Can, certain certain notes if that I, makes any sense. Dude, so. I I totally get it. So yeah. like uh. Let me make another comparison then. So, like, if you use only music theory, it's kind of like if you watch TV and they were like, well, this is guaranteed to get laughs. Let's make, like, a cookie-cutter sitcom-type TV show. And, of mm-hmm. course, it fails because they didn't try and go out of the ordinary a little bit or push the envelope. And that's kind of what not following music theory, per se, is sure. going to get you is you end up taking these weird gear changes with your music that music theory would say probably wouldn't work sure, but, but sure. it totally does based sure. on the emotion and feel sure. of it obviously there's great things about theory and and understanding the mechanics and i understand all that stuff yes but yeah. at the end of the day like all my favorite players there's a there's a feel element to their songs to their solos to their writing and yep. that's kind of what i've 
built through the years you uh-huh. know, through, uh, I don't know how many records I've done but yeah, quite, quite a few yeah so uh, yeah so that's kind of my come from and I you know I had to put out this album just for me you know I'm 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 43 years old now, so I'm, old, I'm an older guy now, right? <laughs> so I mean, I've been do I've been playing in clubs since I was 17, 16, 17 years old. Holy cow! And I've you know done tons of shows. I've recorded, rehearsed, you know, consistently for the last 20 years, easily. Yeah. You know, and uh, at this point in my life, you know, I have uh, I wanted to do this record to prove something to myself. And put out the record that I've always wanted to do as a real, real solo record, but with a band vibe. Yeah. Even though I'm a one-man band, uh-huh. I feel like my music still has a band feel to it. Uh-huh. Know? So, yeah, so I put out that last year. It's on iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and then I started, uh, I was thinking, well, how am I going to play this live? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, last year, I also play bass in Face Cage. Okay, yeah, cool. And, cool, cool. Uh, I was talking to Matt, the singer, and I was like, hey, you know, let's have Transig open up. You know, and he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I was like, oh, man, I got four weeks, five weeks, or whatever it was to, yeah. to, to line up a band to learn the entire set uh-huh. and perform it live. So I just threw together, you know, reached out to a couple people that I've never played with. Uh-huh. Ben was one of them. Yep. And I met Ben through his store in Perry, B- BRG Music. Yep. You know, and uh, I messaged him I was like hey you interested he's like definitely that's awesome like, I'm in yep. <laughs> it's like okay awesome and then got a hold of uh Sean Rikina he is the okay. drummer for Taciturn and Prism and Portals okay he's also does that Saturn Ascends that tool tribute yep so contacted him and and then uh eventually got Joshua Clapp uh-huh. plays bass on, uh, live for me he plays in uh Horror Business the Misfits tribute that I also play yep. in yep so yeah, all these, you know, so I got my four guys, three guys, and they all learned the set in like a month, you know, a whole set of songs you've never heard before. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so, yeah, we, we played earlier, what was it, earlier this year, last year? I don't remember. Time's flying. Yeah. Well, it's 2019 now. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. It would have been yeah, last year. Yeah. April of 2018, I believe. Yeah. So, and then... uh we're just doing select shows ever since. So just for fun, like so yeah. this is just for me, you yep. know, and, and I'm very thankful that I've got top notch guys that support what I do exactly. and are willing to do this because it's not like they're getting paid. Yeah. You know, this is really volunteer work. You know, I uh-huh. try to give them as much as I can, but you know, this is really out of their own time. They're all busy guys. You know, we've all got families and whatnot. Yep. So it, it, it's super fun and doing something like this is super fulfilling. Yeah. You know, so Yep. <laughs> well, I'm totally digging on that. Uh, I, I, not to like rewind too much, but you yeah. said you started playing in like 1990. Yeah. So like January 6th, I believe 1990. Okay. So you know the exact date? Was it like you got a guitar after Christmas, or what's the deal here? <laughs> like, so you know, I grew up as a Kiss fan. Yeah. Kiss got me into music. Yep. Uh, and when I was 14 years old, I lived in San Francisco. I grew up in Iowa for a long time. Moved to San Francisco. Okay. Uh, so we're in San Francisco in 89, 90. And I wanted to be Eric Carr. Okay. Eric yeah. Carr's my guy, right? Yep. So, you know, I saved up, I don't know, like 230 bucks or something like that cash. For a 14-year-old in 1989, 1990, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So I, was, I went to the local guitar center in San Francisco and I go, hey, I got, you know, 230 bucks or whatever. I want to buy a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> and the guy was like... 
oh, we might be able to get you a couple cymbals. Yeah, you know? yeah, no and kidding. Like, and, then, and then it was like, okay, well, Kiss plays guitars. I'll buy a guitar. So I play guitar by default. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> so you really actually wanted to be a drummer. Yes, yeah. So that's why I... I I'm still a drummer at heart, yeah. So I still play drums now, but yeah. Um, so I ended up buying a Kramer XL3 and a Fender tiny, you know, eight-inch speaker combo amp. Yeah, yep. And I just started playing guitar that year, just out of nowhere. Uh huh. And then, uh, yeah, that year I also f- saw my first concert, which which was Death Angel at the Warfield in San Francisco. Cool. So I've cool. got the thrash metal in my blood, you know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The Bay Area and yep. and whatnot. So that's when I started playing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in high school, played all kinds of different bands. I had a, actually I had my first band in San Francisco was called Ravage. We were kind of like a a Death Angel ripoff. Oh, you, you know, yeah. yep. <laughs> you know, a bunch of Asian guys. You had long hair, you know. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was awesome. And then uh, like I said, high school played with my friends in in high school. Then I got into a death metal band from Omaha. I played in there for a while in high school, and then just played through a bunch of other bands since then. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So you like you started with the guitar, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though you kind of wanted to play with the drums, like when did did you like end up getting a drum set not too long afterwards, yeah. or was it like one of your bandmates? You just jumped on his Both. set and played something. Everything, or? everything. I, I ended up getting kind of a crappy piece together drum set when I was like sixteen or seventeen when we moved back to Iowa. Yeah, kind of had that piece together for a couple years, and then I got my my kit that I had. Well, no, I got another kit before then. Uh, early 2000s or so, I ended up buying another kit, uh-huh. you know, after I had graduated college and everything. Uh, so I got, yep. got my kit again and, and just been playing ever since. And, you know, I played drums in a lot of the tribute bands I've been in. I played drums in my last band that I was in before this. Oh, that's cool. You know, and guitar, excuse me. I did, yeah, yeah both. So <laughs> not uh, the same time. No, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like wrote and recorded in the studio and all that kind of stuff yep. and also do guitar. So yep. I think that kind of prepped me for having a big picture vision of songwriting yeah because i understood the rhythm section too exactly instead of just the guitar yeah um like when you started the there's no internet around correct so (laughs) so so let's walk me through that because i started when i was like you know 15 16 somewhere in there Uh i I didn't always play through my 20s but I I still had the internet, and even though it was uh, in its infancy. Yeah I, yeah, I still had somewhere to go to try to like reach out into the void to find something. So, yeah, so I mean there is that, but like what like do you go guitar magazines? Did you take Wh- lessons when I or, like, when I started? Yeah. Oh, so when I first started, it was watching Kiss Animalize the VHS live concert. Yeah. VHS tape, mm-hmm. you know. So I learned by watching. That's awesome. Watching and listening. That's crazy. And then I bought like a couple books, you know, just kind of get you started heavy metal guitar books. Yeah. You know, and then I ended up buying like a, a metal method, Doug Marks VHS tape. Yep. Yep. If you remember that from back in the day, the originals. I, I do actually yeah. remember those because he's putting new ones like out. New one. Yes. Yeah. I saw I, that. I was like, I was, oh my God. Yeah. And the crazy was, I was, I was like, I got to go find these old videos. So yes. I start looking them up and I'm like, well, no wonder these guys are all super shredders. <laughs> he sh- showed them all these fun, simple patterns yes. to go through. Yeah. You, I mean, it's great way to start playing and i bought the vhs tape i took a couple lessons in high school from my friend sam allen um but largely it's just me doing my own thing you yeah. know and just buy guitar magazines yeah exactly yeah. 
because like I said, when it was, it was 1990, so there's none of that around, you know, and that's all you get. You get guitar magazines and videos and just any, once in yeah. a while you might see a live concert yep. and, you know, just watch, you know, I just studying what they were doing and that's yeah, how exactly. I learned. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that's something that I guess, I don't know if it's a, a blessing to do it that way, but I feel like uh, having the internet and having like almost every tab available yeah, for you yeah. just kind of deletes some of the um, learning experience sure. maybe that uh, musicians go through. Because sure. like when I started, it was just like go online, print off a tab. It's like sweet. Now I can play some forty one song yeah. or something. You know, like I mean, that's awesome that nowadays you can go online and learn any song, any technique, any any anything at yep. the you know just right there. That part is great. I think the way I learned it, you know, because we didn't have it, yeah. you, you're forced to be more creative. Exactly. You're forced to really, really listen to your ear and, and develop your playing style and the way you play and the way you pick and the way you fret and to, to, to obtain that sound rather than, hey, he's playing, you know, this tab and you yep. play those notes. Yep. And that's exactly, yeah. To me playing at least my own music it's a lot deeper than just playing the notes exactly i like i said i have to feel every single note that i play yep even if it's fast if it's slow it doesn't matter and it and i think because my ear is hypersensitive uh-huh it it, it drives me crazy and it all has also helped me as a musician right yeah, <laughs> yeah. being so meticulous because that's how i learned i had to listen really closely and watch really closely to figure stuff out you know? yeah do you think that uh, leads you to be a little harder on yourself than you think you normally? Like, I, I mean, possibly because I always wondered like where the line is drawn because I feel like a lot of musicians are pretty self-conscious, sure. and it seems like some of the more talented ones are some of the most self-conscious because they won't go out of their way to be super flashy and show offy mm -hmm. most of the time, even though they very well deserve to be or could be. Mm -hmm. But like, I. I mean, myself, I have to rely on being a little more high energy, being in a punk band and being the rhythm guitarist, because sure. I don't get to be shreddy or sure. do anything super fun. So I always try to figure out like where the lines are always drawn on that, uh, being a little bit more, like, is being hard on yourself a good thing, or is that what you think it would, you would kind of relate it to, or like picking these nose out and being so picky about what what you're going to choose, as, I mean, just as far as like note sequencing or something like that? I, I think it's... It's good. It's good to a point. Yeah. You don't want. You don't want to go past the line, and then it, you're just frozen. You know, yeah. where all of a sudden it's just detrimental. Mm -hmm. But it, like anything, like constructive criticism. Yeah. If you're honest enough with yourself to go, you know what, this really doesn't sound very good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 take the time and figure it out and and see if there's any emotional connection to what you're playing. And then once you find it, you're like, ah, oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. I love it. But I know any time that I've overthought a riff or a lick or whatever, like just put, I thought it out without using any, without going with my gut. It mm -hmm. always sounds like that yeah. to me. It sounds too mechanical or too thought out. Yeah. So, but being critical of yourself, I think is good, mm -hmm. but you have, you can't let it control everything. You know what I mean? You can't let it overrun your creativity like oh everything sucks everything sucks. you can't yeah, be like that yeah but you know let your creativity flow and then you i, I kind of use both sides the creative side where ideas just run wild yep and then what if i can find some, like a spark in that then i put it together and then once i start getting a structure and all that then i start stepping back and then i go 
okay, now it's the analytical side. Yep. Okay, you know, let's trim this up. Uh-huh. Well, let's extend this. Eh, that lick is kind of, eh, now let's change it. But yep. as long as that initial spark is still in there, yeah. then that usually works, at least for me. So yeah. I think you need to be aware of your yourself to improve, to grow as a musician and stuff, but don't beat yourself up because everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, Every man. professional makes mistakes. Yep. You know, and you know, I've done a lot of gigs, you know, played all over, done some really big gigs. I've seen professionals left and right make errors, you know, yeah. <laughs> live as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, even even Stevie Wonder's like, yeah, there's a mistake on that record. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Stevie freaking Wonder, you yep. know? You, yep. So. <laughs> um, so do you think that, I mean, I, I hate to just keep grilling you with, like, questions about how you feel about this stuff, but, like, so you're going to make this stuff on your own, and have you ever, like, run into a wall with a riff and then just set it down and come back oh, to it a yeah. long time in the in the future? And oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is, now I see where I was trying to go of with course, this. Of course, of course. Because, yeah, I don't know, you always read about that in guitar magazines. Like, mm. Steve Vai was one of the guys, he always used to talk about how he'd walk around with a tape recorder and, like, and just sing into it when he was, like, feeling something. And yeah. he's like, then he'd go back to a guitar later and try and play it out on a guitar and be like, meh, you know? Yeah. Like, one of the songs was For the Love of God. Sure. That was a song, like, one of his most famous songs. Of course. And he, like, wrote the riff way, like, the opening riff way back in the day. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know what this goes with. And he didn't like it. And yeah. then he just kept tinkering with it until his second album when he was like, I'm going to pull this back out of the closet and see what goes on with this thing. Yeah. And it ended up being a really good song. Yeah. So it, it, It's funny how that works. Occasionally that happens to me, too, where... I'll just, you know, I'll be stuck on a riff or a song and I don't know where to go with this. And then all of a sudden something will pop into my head. Yep. That, oh, like uh, I wrote a song. I do some acoustic stuff with my wife where I okay. play acoustic guitar. She sings. We have, you know, we recorded our first song that's out on iTunes, YouTube, all that stuff. Cool. Uh, it's under Stephanie and Eric Tran. We wrote a song uh, about our kids called No Words. Nice. Uh, and we wrote the song together. First song we ever did together. And... We had the song pretty much ready to go, and I was like, uh, "It needs an intro." And it's like, the song isn't done. It's not, but we got the the, the majority of it. And it's like it's not done. And then all of a sudden, I just started playing this little intro kind of riffy thing that came from an acoustic jam from when I was 17 years old. Oh, crazy! And we wrote this song with my wife two year, three years ago. Okay, yeah. So a song from, what, 20, 25 years yep, ago, a riff yep. back then that I hadn't played since, it just kind of naturally fell into place. That's crazy. And it was like, there it is. Yep. <laughs> so it wasn't even a riff that you had like pre-recorded and set aside. It was just something you kind of pulled out of past memory from playing. Like, yeah. The, the, it was kind of like an acoustic jam that me and my friend Mike, one of my old best friends, we used to jam like thrash metal stuff, death metal stuff. And sometimes we'd just jam on acoustic whatevers. Yep. And I think I have some video of that somewhere. Oh, that's crazy. You know, uh, but it just came, and mm-hmm. it just fit perfect. And, and now it's on. Uh, now it's on the, on the song. It's it's like like you said. It's it sometimes just takes the right thing to pull everything together. You know. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't know that you and your wife were you know both musicians yep. in your own right. Yep. Uh, I didn't know you guys had recorded a song. Yeah, I'll so. send you some links or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely put them in the description of this yeah, too. Yeah. Let people get a shot at it. Yeah, so. yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, I do that. I've done a couple tribute bands. I do a horror, a horror business, which is a Misfits tribute. That's the most recent thing I've done. Yep. Um, I do a little bit of my my record. Uh, my transit stuff is actually on. It's called a uh, Molten. It, Molten is David Ellison's imprint on on a company called APM Music. Okay. APM Music is out of uh, California, L.A. They All do right. music for soundtracks, movies, video games, sporting events, or whatever. Okay. Uh, he actually offered to have me put my record on, on under his imprint, his Molten imprint, yep. so now that people can actually license my music for all those different things. Oh, that's crazy. Which is perfect for my record, because yeah. my record is kind of like a, a soundtrack in itself. Yeah. So this came about you know a few months back, and... Uh, I haven't really talked about it too much, but there it is. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. And so, like, for people that don't know Dave Ellison, yeah. uh, bassist in Megadeth. Correct. So, is that, do you think that had something to do with how you got a hold of, like, Marty got a hold of you? Or oh, like, no, no, no. no or? The, the Marty thing came from the promoter from the show from Metro Concerts. Well, that's a, such a happy coincidence. When are you going to, like, collaborate with, you know, Dave Mustaine or something on <laughs> yeah, something yeah, next? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, that, you, you know, as far as the, the APM music, that's uh, my relationship with David Ellison. I've supplied riffs and ideas for his songs and pieces of music that he puts up on APM Music as well. Oh, that's cool. He he and Randy do a a thing where they record pieces of music, all kinds of different music to be licensed, and I've contributed to some of those songs. And you know, they'll send me some raw tracks, and I work with them. And if they like it, they use it. If they don't, it's cool too. That's cool, so. man. <laughs> yeah, just to have the opportunity to do that's probably pretty. Yeah, sweet, it, you know? it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty uh, cool. Do you have like a a specific like genre that you prefer to play? I mean, like I know you as a as more like a metal kind of mm-hmm. a guitarist, mm-hmm. but like you you said you were in a misfits tribute band yeah i played drums for that that's i mean that's not metal music so like what's do you have something you prefer like what was like the first thing you started with because i mean death angel we talked about that a little bit so you in terms of transit or myself or or just just anything because you're i mean you're making this kind of music that you're talking with dave ellison it doesn't really sound like it's you know metal music yeah you know, I mean, he, he and randy write it yeah and then i just add a little icing to the to the cake nice yeah you know he, they just gonna let me run wild and do do my thing and then if they want to use it they use it if they don't you know then they yeah. don't but uh as far as me as a player as a musician i'm a rock guy yeah hard rock heavy metal yep whatever but it all it's all encompassing to thrash metal and death metal yeah i i, I, I listen to it all um i do some acoustic stuff as well yeah, you know, obviously. Um, even with my metal, I, heavy metal. I'm a heavy metal guitar player. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, but even within that metal, I've I've always had an ear for for melody and yep. harmony and and movement of music, uh-huh. you know, rather than just straight pummeling, which I love too. Yeah. But you know, that's kind of my come from. Yeah. So. I, I kind of get you there because there is something to say about like going out and playing a set and just sledgehammering everyone to death and just being like, yeah, dude. <laughs> and I mean, I've, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. I mean, this was like every song is a gut punch. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Um, but sometimes, like I always thought it was kind of crazy when you would go watch those kind of bands and then they'd pull something out of their hat where it was like, um, how do you guys shred? But yet you still have so much control to be so articulate mm-hmm. and, and even to play something slow that sure. doesn't. That doesn't seem to not fit the mold. Sure, you know? sure. So I mean, that was a big reason for Transig because I wanted to do exactly what I 
wanted in terms of my overall vision, which uh-huh. kind of encompasses every, every, all of my influences from yeah. rock to death metal to instrumental clean stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's, it was a good release. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a great album. Oh, I thank mean, you. I've, I've yeah. definitely done my fair share of listening to it. Good. So, uh, yeah. I I also got to snag some tickets for that Marty Freeman okay. show. So I, I don't know if you've got any with you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say otherwise I'll have to go hit up Ben for some of those. But yeah, I mean that. Let's like just again for people that uh, I mean maybe if they kind of passed through it at the beginning. That's mm-hmm. let's talk about that one. Like that was when it was February eighth of the Marty show. Yeah. Marty Friedman show is February eighth at. Gabe's in Iowa City. Yeah, that it's, was a Friday. It's a Friday night. I believe we're going on second, which is Transig. Obviously, my my last name is Tran, Eric yep. Tran. Yep. Um, my uh, in high school, some of my friends used to call me Transig because uh, I was a huge Danzig fan. Okay. And I still am a huge Danzig fan. Yep. I love Danzig. And uh, when I was trying to think of a name for my solo project, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Call you know just call it my name Eric Tran or you know do I come up with some evil name or whatever yeah. you know, and I, and everything I came up with was like this is stupid this is stupid this has no no meaning no nothing you know yeah. and then then that hit me it's like huh I contacted uh, my friend Jason Handy who did the logo for me and that's cool it's obviously you know Kiss inspired yep you know yeah. <laughs> well, dude I can I can tell you're a big Kiss fan yeah, yeah. Um, so. That's and that's where Transig was was made and formed and yeah there it is that's crazy I guess uh, the first time I heard of Transig I was I had no clue like mm-hmm. I don't, like what the hell you know like and then uh, Sean Oaks oh uh, yeah we yeah call him Sean Jovi Sean Jovi like, yes yeah Sean <laughs> Sean Oaks was like dude you gotta check it out so of course you know I check it out and it's like damn this is actually really good stuff so. Yeah. So I slowly figured out who you were, and I was talking <laughs> talking to Ben in one of the first podcasts. So oh like, yeah, it was kind of crazy to just be like, "Holy cow, this this stretches further than I thought it did." You know, yeah. originally. Yeah. But uh, the name's kind of crazy. Like, do you think it scares people off here in the name? I think so. I, I I think people are just like, I don't know what this is. Should I click on it? Me? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like one of those things you don't want to walk into a situation you don't know what exactly. you might not know what's getting involved in. Exactly. But yeah, at the same time. There's there's a, a history behind the name. There's meaning behind it. You know, it, I think it's a fun name, and I think if going this route or going a bland route like some other whatever, yeah, some I mean, there's BS too many name. people that have you know the Eric Tran band or you know like uh, yeah. Eric Tran and his band of misfits and, or the, and the experience, yeah. And, <laughs> and I also feel like people that want to create those. Uh, solo bands end up becoming coming up with this really long contrived name that like you said doesn't necessarily mean anything exactly it just it was like a name that was made for the genre of music that they were trying to stab at yep. you know or something yep. like that and um, I mean, that's nothing against anybody I yeah exactly I'm not, I'm not good at naming bands i'm in a band it, named three finger betty you know so like <laughs> come on like it, coming up with a band name is very difficult dude it's it's tough because you're stuck with it you're stuck with it and and most things have been used yeah most things have been used so it and and if you come up with something, you might as well like it. You yeah. Know? So, at least with something like this, well, you know, if people are searching for it, they won't get it confused with something else. Exactly. You know, they'll definitely know exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like going to find it, and and you are everywhere. You got a social media all over the place. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's Facebook, in- Instagram. Instagram. I don't. I don't think you're on Twitter. No. No. I mean, Twitter's kind of dying. Even yeah. though I still love being yeah. on Twitter. I, but. 
I I'm trying to get off social media as much as possible. I don't blame you, man. You know, yeah. I I do it still, you know, for, for to stay in contact with friends and and a little bit for the music and stuff, but you know, my life is so busy now. You know, I don't yeah. I don't have time to <laughs> yeah, just sit there all day on your lunch break and, yeah. and hammer through Facebook yeah, for an yeah. hour. You know, like I said, you know, I'm 43 now. You know, I, 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 I've spent a good 25 years, 30 years of my life folk with music as a prime focus in my life. Yep. And I've done it for a very long time. And I still love doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, it brings me a lot of joy and a lot of fun. But at this stage in my life, you know, I've got two young kids and everything. I, yep. I've put my career on the back burner. For uh-huh. a long time, so in these last two years, I've been turning that ship around. So that's yep. been my big focus. So I mean, lately. that's that's a noble endeavor to <laughs> to put your I don't know what to say like main hobby, but like the main thing you do in your life. Oh uh, yeah, is easily mu- music, and then you have to put that on the back burner for something else that actually should be the main thing in your life, which is yep. your family. Yep. So like, mm-hmm. I mean. I always thought that'd be like a weird transition to make to be something that's uh, mostly a full time musician and then like start a family, yeah. you know, or like something like that. That'd be difficult to it, split your time up. It's very, very difficult. That's why I, you know, that's why most musicians drop off when you're 25. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I mean, if you remember being 25, a lot of your musicians' friends from high school and college, they stop playing because they get married and have kids yep. and all this stuff. Yep. It, it's, it's busy. You know, mm-hmm. and I've been able to to maintain it for for a very very long time. Yeah. But now it's, you know, at, at this stage of my life, you know, you you look at life differently. You look at your mortality differently. Exactly. You, you look at your kids and look at how fast they're growing up. It's like I don't want to miss this. Yeah. You know, playing playing to ten people a night every freaking night or whatever. I don't I don't want to miss my kids growing up just for that. Exactly. You know, so so that yeah, that's where my focus. is I now. mean. I totally get it, man. It's it's nothing against the music scene, and it's nothing against the fact that sometimes people don't show up to shows depending on sure. what night it is. But like, you, it, I see where you're weighing your option of of going out for a sometimes small payday with oh, sometimes yeah. small exposure. Yeah, and, I mean and, that's why I do it for me now. Hundred percent is is every show I do is because I want to do bingo. You know, it's and it is you know like I said, doing this transit stuff and doing this the acoustic stuff with my wife is the most fulfilling thing i've ever done musically awesome i mean i feel i i just feel so connected to it 100 yep. percent. and it just it like i said it's it's just great in that aspect but i i can't afford to to play to 20 people a night yeah you know at the at this age at this stage in my life yeah you, know? you just can't do that every week or twice a month yeah, or, or I, tuesdays or whatever i've gone you know? a long long enough <laughs> yeah you know, like i'm not 25 anymore yeah you know? i'm sure you've paid your dues you've oh, done yeah. plenty of the wednesday night six o'clock shows sure, or whatever it sure, happens to sure. be so yeah um do you think that the i guess the fact that this is mostly your project um the fact that you you did everything all by yourself on this on this album it's it like i don't want to say it came from your heart but it, like this is it's like pretty much your baby do yeah. you think that choosing to play when it's available to you and convenient to you instead of just gobbling up any show date mm-hmm. that you can because yeah. i'm sure you could oh yeah but like, I mean, it's not like they're just flooding in, but I'm yeah. sure you could just be like, I want to hop on this bill and people would say, yeah. Yeah. But do you think it's, uh, keeps you guys more fresh or better or, or lessens you guys from being tired of playing the same material or, or is, does it change the band dynamic that you have going or, cause I, I mean, there's multiple ways to go around and skin the cat of playing live music. Sure, Some sure. people play 
practice twice a week with their whole band mm-hmm. and, and do shows every week. And like yeah. I said, they'll they'll play the Tuesday night show if they want to. And yep. But I, yeah, I've I've done that for for years of playing, you know, practicing two three nights a week, doing shows constantly. And yeah, as far as transit, what I do now, you know, we will probably play in Des Moines, maybe two times a year. Yeah, maybe three times if it's a really good show. Yep. But we're very 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 selective because one, you know. I don't want to burn myself out and here's the same old set again. And I, you know, yeah, you don't want to overexpose yourself to, there's so much going on. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think it keeps it fresh. Yeah. You know, the rest of the band is busy. Everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah. You know, Ben has his patient zero going on. Yep. Sean has his solo projects going on. So like I said, for everybody to give up time to just do this, it, it's a lot, it's a big endeavor. Yeah. So, you know, we don't want to do it too much. I mean, we'll play out of, out of town more, mm-hmm. you know, when we want. You know, yeah, if, exactly. if somebody throws me an offer, you know, I'll seriously consider it. And, yeah. You know, and then go from there. And that's not to say you're just the kind of guy that turns down, you know, nine out of ten offers you get or something yeah. like that. But it's also, um, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. you got a family. You've put all this work into this album. Yeah. And you've got guys that can do it. But everybody's also busy. Exactly. So you got to, I mean, like. I tried to book you guys on a show on super short notice. Yes. You guys can't pull that kind of yeah. stuff because it's just you guys all have your own lives. Yep. It, dude, it is tough. And um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to play a show with you sometime. Yeah, which we maybe, will. We will. maybe you know. So, <laughs> so like, but but I totally get it, man. Because you gotta, it's it's not like a I don't know. Maybe it's the Economist. I took a couple economy classes in college recently, and it's you got to weigh your cost and benefit, yeah. man. And the cost is not getting to spend time with your family or, yeah. or getting a couple extra hours in at work or, sure. or something like that, sure. you know? So, and you don't, I don't know, like it's, and it's like I said, it's nothing against promoters or the way musicians get paid out, but sure. you don't want to go do that for the lack of exposure. So exactly. And I think, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm in unity and we do the kind of the same thing. We select our shows since yeah. everybody's from all across the state, sure. or at least they were at one point in time. And it felt really nice to, you know, only play one show every other month or a month, you know, one a month or something mm-hmm. like that, as opposed to three finger Betty for, I mean, last year it was every other week we played a show and, uh, it, it's not like it does burn you out, but you kind of get tired of just like driving down. And then it's like, you know, there's 20 people here and 14 of them were the same per- people <laughs> that were here two weeks ago when we were at a different place. Yeah, and 14 of them are the other bands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too, right? And it does get kind of tough, yeah. but... Um, it, it, and, and, you know, it gets tougher as you as you get older and as you have kids and everything. And, you know, at, at this point in my life, I, I look at everything I do. It has to be either fun, uh, fulfilling, or it needs to pay me money. Yeah. Right. One yeah. of those three, or preferably all three, would yeah, be exactly. awesome. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it has to meet one of those three criteria for me to do anything. Yeah. Anymore, you know, at this stage in my life, you know, like I said, things are just different now. You know, you start realizing things, and people's yeah. health starts declining, and all that kind of stuff. Your friends and your family, and you know, it just starts making you think. Hmm. You know, how do I want to spend my time? Exactly. You know, so I, I'm very, very particular about what i do now yeah i mean you'd kind of mentioned that earlier about um your own mortality and it's not like you're like oh i'm gonna die someday yeah yeah, yeah. blah 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 (laughs) but but i totally get what you're saying like i'm i'm just 
I'm like I'm 31. Yeah. Uh, going around the bend to 30 wasn't anything tough, but I am starting to notice that like I am getting a little little older. Things you know, change. Yep. Yep. Uh, I might not be able to deal with as little sleep as I used to, et cetera, et yep. cetera. You know, late <laughs> night drives aren't as awesome as they used to be. Yep. Dude, I used to just love them, and now it's just like. Uh, and and the thing is, I feel like I woke up and I'm 40. Yeah. I you know in my head I felt like I was 25 28 for a long time. Yeah. I'm not 25 20. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel the same way too to an extent. Yeah. Um I mean recently I've been talking with some people about how um if I could go back in time and be 18 again, mm. I think I would if I didn't have to give up like the knowledge that I gained uh, since I was that's 18. That's the hard part. Cuz I still feel like, you know, like pretty much like an 18 to 20 year old yeah. kid just running around but at the same time when i sit down and look at the way i acted then compared to now sure. it's like where why do i act differently it's because i have logic and like a little <laughs> bit of life experience it's a maturity and, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. so it's like you start to think about that life thing a little bit and it's kind of crazy when um i mean i don't have a family i mean mm-hmm. I, I have a family yeah, I, yeah yeah i do i don't have a wife or kids, kids yeah, or yeah. Uh, anything like that so i don't have any like super obligations like that so like just kind of hearing that always kind of makes me think about it because I don't know I'm in three finger Betty with John Wad. He's the same way. He just mm-hmm. had a kid uh, a couple years ago, so he's starting to spend a lot more time with his daughter. Yeah. And we're taking less bookings, and I, there's nothing against him. Yeah. Like, I I'm now at the stage where I can understand, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas if I was like 20, I'd just be like, dude, just book a show. It's like you know, yeah. you live across town. You can you can leave for three hours, <laughs> but like, but like that's three hours on a Friday night where your daughter's watching whatever you know she wants to watch. You could sit down and have popcorn with her or yeah. whatever. You know, I'm just. I'm just saying. So, yeah. like, and you don't get to be there for that. And or and, and if you, for for musicians that are listening to this, you know, when you do a show out of town, you're blowing your whole day or your whole weekend for one show. Yep. You know, and that's a lot of time. And I've done those tons of those, and I've loved every minute of it. Yep. But you know, <laughs> now things are different. You know, now it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's quite worth that. You know, but yeah, when I do my band now, as far as transit. Any show I do, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I'm having such a great time playing this music, playing with this band. Everybody's awesome musician-wise, personality-wise. Everybody gets along great. That's good. You know, I, I think this, this music is, is fulfilling for me because it, it, it really comes from my soul, if that makes any sense. It yeah. really comes from inside. Like, like if, if you could stick a microphone into my soul... <laughs> this my albums. That, that is what you would hear when you go to the doctor, get a physical. He puts the stethoscope exactly. on you, and it you just, hear this album. It starts hearing the Transic album. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean that. When, that's how I feel when I hear it. You that's, know, that's it, a music video idea for you. There you, you go. Well, which there might be one coming soon. What? Sweet. <laughs> that's cool. I dig music videos so yeah. much, even especially by like people that put their stuff out independently. Yeah. I mean. They're, it's just awesome. It just furthers the art that you already created. Sure. You know, and it's, yep. it's so cool. It's fun. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm talking to someone now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I do have to say that you you have done a really good job of online supporting your um, bandmates' endeavors, whether it be their other bands mm. or whether it be um, like BRG Music sure. or uh, your drummer had a kind of like an electronic uh album that he had put out yeah. and i even checked that out yeah. i was like you know what? why not let's check this out because yeah. it's out of my wheelhouse we'll see what's up yeah you know and i'm not saying it's out of your wheelhouse too but you shared it because it's yeah. it's something that he worked hard on you know exactly. and it's, it's really cool yep. actually because I, I wouldn't know hide nor hair how to start doing some sure, of that stuff sure. so it's it's really neat to actually like get to see that kind of stuff and i i really dig your positivity online because mm. it's not like 
there's no positivity in the music scene, but I feel like um, it it is somewhat lacking in certain areas, sure. and and I'm just as guilty of it as other people in at certain times, and so it's it's a tough thing. Like, and that's the other thing about growing up. I'm kind of glad I didn't play music through my 20s Mm because i probably would have alienated myself quite a bit yeah i I think most musicians after a while tend to to get become a little grumpy yeah you know because it's a hard road it is is a hard road it's it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of a lot of lows in there too yep you know but i i think overall i've always been very supportive of my friends in the scene Mm -hmm. and uh, and and other bands and anybody that has ever supported me i support them 100 percent yeah you know and you know, especially my my direct band, those guys are giving up so much to help me. I'm willing to do you know anything to help them out. Absolutely, you know. So I that's mean, where a lot of that comes from. And you know, I've I've just always been respectful towards other bands because I know what it takes to get out get out there and perform. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, you're giving up a lot to do it. It's tough enough to even get on stage, and then once you get a show booked, it's it's tough to get the whole band there and to get everybody to do all it. Like it's it's kind of like wrangling cats, even if, <laughs> even from within side. <laughs> You know, it's um, you got to find the right group of people that could stand next to each other long enough to learn a set list and then that are responsible enough to show up at a certain place that they said they would at the time they said they would. Mm -hmm. I was talking with Dominic about this. Almost never happens where somebody just doesn't show up, you Mm -hmm. know, almost never happens, which is kind of crazy to me. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, like the amount of shows that get booked around, how many of them almost never get shown up, like maybe weather, you know, might might take someone out of it. But it's it's almost never that... uh, like a band has like a meltdown and just doesn't show up. Uh, yeah. So, so if that happens, usually bands break up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy though. Like I, I think it's awesome. Like, it's not like I've had any bad experiences yeah. with people in music. Uh, I, like I said, I kind of isolated myself because I knew that my dynamic might not be super appreciated in a band, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, when I was younger, I was really headstrong. So mm-hmm. like you get to grow up a little bit and see how people, interact with one another is uh i mean it's a reflection of me and 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 like the bands that i'm in even so and i I don't know like just as far as supporting people you've done a great job of supporting the audible farm podcast i mean uh as far as i know you listen to almost every episode you like and on almost everything (laughs) on facebook so it's really cool to see that i appreciate it hey thank you for supporting local bands and doing this i mean I, i mean really i mean you're putting your money where your mouth is. You know, everybody's oh, support local music. Hey, you're doing it. Yeah, you know, by I, doing this, so I think it's way cool. I figured I'm down here enough, and uh, I run into you guys enough, yeah. and I'm starting to like figure out who everybody is. So yeah. I might as well just. I want to have these conversations with you people, and I I don't want to say I'm not like brave enough just to ask you out in person, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not going to track you down at a show and be like, yo, tell me your life story. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it is kind of cool to hear yeah. people's life stories, and you know, I mean, maybe I mean, it's not your whole life story, sure. but selective uh installment of you know from an interview standpoint sure. but like um i i got the idea from a handful of other people honestly but like it was tough to um like 92.1 up in fort dodge mm-hmm. has a radio station that interviews people and uh mason interviewed uh three finger betty guitarist john and and i wanted to listen to it so i listened to it but then i found it harder on like fridays at five to be in humboldt or within radio range to listen to this thing and i could go online onto their website and track down an old one but it wasn't as easy as like a podcast Mm -hmm. you know podcasts i don't know if you listen to podcasts but i that's like all i do on the on the road now Mm because i it's just tons of podcasts all the time so i just figured like why not set something out there so like if 
let's say someone wants to listen to me interview you and instead of just having it it's only on this date at this time and if you missed it try and hunt it down sure so now now anybody can go back in time and and listen to this if they want to so i always thought that would be kind of cool and I wanted someone else to do it, honestly. Like, I didn't want to be the guy that had to go out and do it. It's but a lot of work. It It's more work than I thought it was going to you know, be. <laughs> for, for the listeners out there, Peter drove, what, two and a half hours? Yeah, just over two hours in a pretty big snowstorm. In a, in a snowstorm to come to my house here in Des Moines to, to do this. Yeah. And he's not getting paid. No. no <laughs> so he's I, doing it for the love of, of music and local bands and all that stuff. So yeah. support him. I mean, I was in. I was going to be in town for a show anyways, so we did kill two birds yeah. with one hey. stone. But, you know, it's... It's one of those deals. It's not like I'm getting paid thousands of dollars to play a show either. <laughs> though, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where uh, I'm I'm really enjoying doing this. Yeah. It's it's cool to actually get to know people and find out that like, um, you can find musicians that kind of like know other musicians or were like maybe in a band with somebody else, sure. you know, five years ago sure. and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to see that and see how everybody kind of knows each other and has interacted with each mm-hmm. other a little bit. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of nice to see everybody be positive about yeah. it too, for the most part. Yeah, overall, it's positive. There's always, you know, some stupid stuff that happens, you know, in, in yeah. every scene, every genre, whatever. Yeah, you know? and that, that happens in workplaces. That happens exactly, everywhere, man. Exactly. I mean. So, but o- overall, it's it's pretty positive. You know, I've been in at least the Des Moines scene since, I don't know, 95? Nice. 95, 96. So, it's been a long time. Yeah. So, I've I've become friends with a lot of musicians and worked with a lot of people here. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a small it's a small scene. Yeah, it actually, it actually is pretty. That's one of the things I found out. It is pretty small. When um, you get, yeah, when you get down to it, yeah, you start figuring out who knows who and yeah. and where the places are at that play music and sure. and like maybe the owners that have changed hands over time and you're just oh, kind of yeah. like, oh, I I I'm kind of seeing how the patterns are laying out yeah. over here. You know, what, what's weird is seeing young people performing nowadays that were were born when I started playing <laughs> yeah. down here, yeah, you know, man. it's like, you know, they were babies or whatever. And they're, they're 20 years old now and they're just playing the clubs now. Yeah. Well, you can drink. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, I, a lot of time has passed, dude. And, and that's the other thing though. Like I don't take, I don't I mean, I'm not like going out performing like tons of shows going, doing like super intricate, crazy stuff, but I am taking what I do very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. in the fact that like when I was younger, I'd come to the vaudeville muse and see a sure. band and it, I mean, maybe they didn't care if I was there, but it was one of those deals where it's like, I drove down here, I was 17 years old oh, or yeah. 16, and I mean, I drove from Humboldt still, so I drove like two hours down here, like sophomore, junior in high school, and I'm just like, yeah, let's check out this band that's going to be down here. I, yeah. I listened to them online, I found them on MySpace, oh, yeah. you know, and so you, it, go ch- you go check them out, and it's like, dude, this is so cool, and I, I it's not that there are always going to be kids like that at shows, yeah. but like, I always think, what if somebody else is in those shoes watching me now? Sure. I got to give them at least something, something. To, try, to enjoy, yeah. you know? So it, it, it seems like, at least for me, I lived for lo- for shows and concerts. When I was in high school and early 20s, I lived for it. You yep. know, in high school, like every Friday, we would drive to Omaha and go to the Ranch Bowl to watch shows, you know? Oh, cool. So in the 90s, you know, I've seen everybody from, you know, uh, Mr. Bungle to Testament to Henry Rollins and oh, cool. Overkill and just yeah. typo negative, all these bands at the Sweet. Ranch Bowl. I and mean, we would just drive there every every freaking weekend during the week sometimes if there were shows. I mean, we live <laughs> yeah. for, for music and local live music. Yeah. You know. I you know, I, I don't I don't see as much of that anymore, unfortunately. You know, for yeah. like like metal kids just hungry yeah. to see this stuff. There yeah. there are some. 
Mm-hmm. And and it kind of goes in waves. So the, the whole yep. local scene and local music, at least in Des Moines, it goes in waves of really big popularity and 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 then the dips too. Yeah, so. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we and Dom were kind of talking about that. It's kind of funny how like weather almost doesn't play a factor in that too. Sometimes it seems like yeah, you it, you never know in Des Moines. Nope, you know you it know. could be middle of winter and everybody's there because nothing else is going on. Yeah, you know, like so. some some shows you think this is gonna be packed and it's not. Yep, and then some that this is gonna be terrible and there's a million people there. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Dude, I, I do feel you, though. Like, me and Clint, the guy who plays drums yeah. in Three Finger Betty and, and Last in Line and Speed Run and Unity and Thor, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. So he plays drums in, like, a million bands. Like, when we were growing up, he was really close to my age. He was only a grade ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend that he has now, uh, I mean, like, the three of us, we used to just pack in a car and go to shows all the time it wouldn't be nothing for us to drive to chicago oh, for a sure. weekend to go to a show or minneapolis or kansas city yeah you know omaha pick a town that's like slightly nearby we would go there it yeah. didn't matter so oh, yeah i mean the three of us drove to vegas once for a show wow um i mean i've driven to indianapolis for shows wow. louisville yeah i mean it's it just why not you know yeah I, do it while you can yeah exactly <laughs> that was some of those things where it was like i want to see this band and there's no guarantee that they're going to come back yeah and and if they do maybe they won't come as close you never know yeah. so I, I think being from iowa we are hungrier for bands that come through and yep. we appreciate it more mm-hmm. you know because i grew up in denison iowa which is small western town you know town yep. in western iowa yep yep and you know, Denison's a town of 7,000 people. And if there was any band playing in Denison, yeah. regardless of the style of music, me and our friends would let's go. Yep. We got to go check it out. It's live. It's, <laughs> yep. you know, and yeah, that, that was the time period then, you know. Yeah. Now, you know, now you can check out live music or bands on YouTube with great surround sound and all this stuff. But, uh-huh. you know, back then you didn't have it, you know. So yeah, exactly. we really appreciated new you know live music and new albums and buying cds all that stuff so yeah and i totally get it because i was not I mean, it's not like it's not a hot spot but it's not really the hot spot for music you know like yeah it's gotten uh, better yeah i think i think more and more bands are starting to realize that there is a music base here in des moines yeah there's know? i mean one of the things i think we lack in in the iowa area is a place to play that is somewhere between like lefty's size and somewhere between uh like wells fargo arena yeah, you know like yeah. there's not very many like medium-sized venues for those bands to come into i mean like there's like a couple in like waterloo and maybe one in like cedar rapids mm-hmm. but uh valair used to do a lot of shows and they're kind of that medium size yep but i don't I don't see them doing as much. Anymore. Yeah, I don't so. know if that has something to do with the noise ordinance issue they had a yeah. few years ago. And that was a sad deal. Yep. Like this place that's played music and had people in there. For, Famous people, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for 60 years plus or whatever it is. And then yeah. all of a sudden people were just like, I don't like it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, I guess. I mean, I mean, granted, like, you know, in the 60s and 70s, it was probably quieter. They probably weren't blowing out. You know, the, I don't. I don't think they had the you know, 100,000 watt subs that they have now, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. that the neighbors hear nowadays, yeah, you know. They, they feel it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're actually, like, really close to an hour, which oh, is wow. crazy because the conversation just, just fly, time flies, man. <laughs> so, um, did, I, we plugged a little bit of your social media. Do you want to plug any more? I think you got a YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, YouTube, just uh, Transig, T-R-A-N-Z-I-G. Search yep. for Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Yep. Um, you, there's some music on there. Yeah. If, iTunes. Yes. Yeah, if you want to. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. 
uh, I would recommend if you listen to the album, listen to it in sequence because it makes more sense yes. in that aspect. Um, we'll probably play in Des Moines maybe this summer. All right. So we'll probably be the next time we play. That's you know? cool. So catch us when you can because we don't play very often. Yeah. I'm, that's the thing is like I, I wanted to see you guys play. Gosh, when was when was your last show? Was that the, the lefty uh, show? Maybe was uh the one you did with uh, oh yeah, Dogs of Neptune, Bingo. God Coach. Yep. yep. I wanted to go to that show and I couldn't make it. I was, yep, that was super upset. That's a fun one. I know you've played with Patient Zero a couple yes. times, and yes. I I got to play with them once. Uh, you know, before I knew what was good for me, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, it was one of those deals where you sit down, and you're like, God dang, these guys are good. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Up, so they're awesome. I, I, I'm stoked to actually get to see. I, and that's the crazy thing. I can't believe I've never seen you play, even though you only play select shows. Yeah. Because most of them I've been in town, but unfortunately I'll be like across town playing a show sure, or sure, something. Sure, so sure. it's unfortunate, but someday, someday I want to get to see you guys this live. summer. Yes, this summer. You know, well, well Marty Friedman. Well, the Marty Friedman. Marty show. Friedman there show. You, I'm going to get duh. to see. It. Dude, it's gonna be great. So yeah, that's February eighth. February eighth for that one, yep. and then maybe we'll do a couple more next summer throughout the area. I'm hoping to get out to like Omaha and Minneapolis just for fun, you yep. know, and yeah, just have fun with it. Sweet. So uh, make make sure you check them out online. Uh, go to all the social media. I'm sure you'll share some yes. with me if I uh, can't find them. Yep, all. yep, yep. I know I'll the big ones. I'll but, get them uh, to you. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, thank you very uh, much. Man. Thanks for doing the podcast, uh, Eric Tran. Everybody. Wow, that was a great episode. I had a great time sitting down with Eric Tran, talking to him about uh, just his band Transig, uh, how he got it all started, and and just his journey through the scene a little bit, and and why he plays select shows, and and he's very justified in his feelings. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily have a family of my own, so my time's a little bit freer than his is. Uh, if you can make it to one of his shows, I super suggest it. That Marty Friedman show is going to be off the hook. So I, I bought two tickets already. I'm going to be there. I cannot wait. Uh, I mean, right after the interview, I bought two tickets from him. I even bought a shirt and a sweatshirt. So y'all, be, I'll be wearing one of those at the show for sure. Uh, I'm stoked to see Marty again. It's going to be a great time. Thanks again to Eric for doing the podcast. Uh, thank you for supporting me as much as you have. You're a beacon of light in the scene down in Des Moines. I, I super appreciate it, man. Uh, can't wait to check out your show. So... Thanks again for doing the episode. And thanks again to New Revolt Promotions for sponsoring this episode. New Revolt Promotions' goal is to help young artists find an audience and become established in the local community by putting them on stage and helping them connect with other artists. New Revolt's next show is February 24th at Rats Records. Rats Records is in Des Moines. Check it out. It's a great place. There's going to be three brand new local bands playing there alongside the Astro Bastards. I love the Astro Bastards. They're so good. I got to play a show with them with Three Finger Betty not too long ago, and I get to play a show with them in the next month. So that's going to be super awesome. I, I can't wait for that show either. That's going to be in my hometown in Humboldt, so that's cool. If you're in the Des Moines area and you don't want to make the jaunt to Humboldt to see the Astro Bastards play with us, make it to that February 24th show at Rats Records. Astro Bastards are going to kill it. They're bringing three brand new local bands with the help of New Revolt Promotions. Uh, if you want to find more information on New Revolt Promotions, find the shows they're promoting. They have a Facebook page. You can go to Facebook and search for New Revolt Promotions. It's there. I've got a link to it down below as well. If you want to uh, play in a show, if you've got a band, you got a new band, you got, you're looking to just find your way through the scene, hit up New Revolt Promotions. They can help you find a show in Des Moines to play on. 
they got an email address. I've got that in the intro. I'm also, it's kobemurray at gmail.com. Once again, that's down below if you want to send them an email. Otherwise, go to New Revolt Promotions Facebook page and send them a message. Give them a like, too, while you're there. It's, it's a great cause. They are doing an awesome job supporting the music scene, and that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. Got to support that music scene. And I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in, listening to the podcast every week. I am blown away by how many people I just say, hey, you're the podcast guy. And it's like, oh, holy cow, I guess I am. I never thought of that. But we're, we're almost 20, 20 episodes in now, and I've, I've got more podcasts lined up. I'm busier than I have ever been in my life, and I'm still going to make time for this. I promise it. If I can't, it's you'll know it's for a good reason. I guarantee it. So I can't wait for you guys to check out the next show. I can't wait I can't wait to see that Marty Friedman show with Eric Tran. That's going to be so good. So go ahead, check out Transic stuff. Check out that new Revolt promotion page. Hit them up if you want to play a show in Des Moines. Check you guys next time. Thanks for listening.